Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. As I was preparing for today, and, and I got to be honest with you, it, it's not too often that, um, that, that I, 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 I struggle a little bit to get the right perspective or the right thought because I always take time to really say, Lord, what do you have? And God really was, was dealing with some things in my heart and my spirit today. And, and I believe that the Lord has a word for us this morning. And whether it's your first time out of abundant life or maybe you come every single week or maybe you come seasonally or, or, or just in the moments when we're having the, the holiday services, I believe that today there's a word for each and every single one of us. And I say this not, not because I think it sounds good, but I truly believe the way that we came is not the way that we're going to leave. We should never leave the same but we should always be going to the next level. How many know that God's got another level for your life? The Bible talks about that we could go from glory to glory, from victory to victory. With our God, all things are possible in Christ Jesus. And so as I was praying about this, this day today, the Lord brought me to Matthew 28 and the line that I read that early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning. And of course the scripture goes on and it talks about how Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to the tomb and when they arrived at the tomb, they encountered an angel and the angel said, do not be afraid. In fact, he said in verse 5, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He was crucified. But he says in verse 6, but he isn't here for he is risen from the dead. I love in another uh, uh, account of this story that he says, what are you doing looking for the living amongst the dead? In both Marys, they went to look for the, for, 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 for the body of Jesus that was in the tomb, and they were going to anoint the body and place fragrances, and they, they, they were there just to check on the scene. And when they got there, they found that the body was not there. And I love that the angel says, you're looking for a crucified Jesus. You're looking for a dead Jesus, but I hate to tell you, he ain't there. Can I tell you this morning, stop looking for what isn't living. Stop looking for dead things. Start putting your eyes on Jesus because he's a risen Savior and he's got some new things for your life today. He's got some great things for your life today. God wants to bless your life. God wants you to have victory. God wants you to have good success in everything that you put your hand to. And I believe that today is the mark of a new day. And so as I was getting my mind around this passage, the Lord actually said, Sean, I don't want you to talk about what happened after the resurrection. I want you to go back a little bit earlier before even my son died on the cross. And so the Lord brought me over to the book of Mark, chapter 10. And this is where we're going to focus our time this morning. And I believe that God's got a word for us today. But the book of Mark, chapter 10, and we're going to read a few scriptures there and a very familiar story for those that have heard this story and those that haven't, uh, you're going to get to hear it a little bit today. But what we find here is that as we're talking about the idea of the new day, in Matthew's gospel, which we read, it said, early Sunday morning, the new day was dawning. Somebody say dawning. Dawning means at first light. But the actual translation of the dawn means to write on or to mark or to draw on with light. And I want to tell you that every new day, it actually begins at midnight. Every new day, it begins in the dark. 
But there comes a moment every day where there's the dawn, where new light begins to write itself over the darkness. And I want to tell you this morning, maybe you came in and your life has felt a little dark, it's felt a little heavy, maybe you felt a little broken, but I'm here to tell you that in Christ Jesus there's a new light that can write over the darkness. There's a new light that can extinguish the darkness. God wants to write on the pages of your life a new story. And I don't know the story that you've been telling yourself. And I believe this, the reason why most people don't live out their God-given purpose, their God-given potential, is because they've experienced darkness in some area or some place at some part of their life, and you've reinforced that version of the story over and over and over and over again. That, that, that's the narrative that you believe. But I'm here to tell you today that you can tear out the pages of that old story. Listen, I've got a two-year-old daughter, and she's very handsy right now. Very handsy right now. Like yesterday, I was walking into my kitchen, and um, I had noticed that there was a drawer that was open in our kitchen. I thought to myself, that drawer is well above her height. I mean, my, my little girl is, I, I don't know how tall she is, but, but she is not counter height. And so I, saw, I thought that was interesting. So I shut the drawer and I walked away. And I came back, and my wife was sitting on the couch, and she had taken a moment to just to kind of rest her eyes. She was taking a few moments because our kids were turned up this weekend. It must have been all that Easter candy they got. <laughs> and so my, my, my wife, she, she had her eyes closed for a second, and I walked in the other room, and I came back, and I caught my little girl. She climbed up on a chair, got up on the counter, and she was laying across the counter pulling the drawer like from reverse open, and she was pulling out stickers and Play-Doh, and all the things that dad hides because he knows he's going to have to come back later and clean it up. But as I open up the drawer, what I noticed is that we had this pen pad that was in there, this pen and this pad that was in there, and she got a hold of these pens and started writing all over mommy's notes. And so we looked at her, and we pulled that pen out, and we said, no, babe, you can't do that. And so my wife said, well, you know, we looked at it, well, what are we going to do? And, and, and so we just... Tear out the page, because guess what? You hold the pen, which means you can still write on a new page. What I'm trying to tell you today is we get so hung up on the things that look messy, on the things that don't feel like they worked out right. We allow ourselves to become victims of our own circumstances and situations, and that's the narrative that we play. And God is saying that I have given you the pen, but guess what? I want to co-write the next chapter with you. I want to co-write the next pages of your life with you because there's a new day and together we're better. Together we can mark a new beginning. And I believe that today that God wants to mark a new beginning for your life. And so as we turn our attention, pun intended, to the book of Mark chapter 10, you're with me this morning. Listen, I promise you this. You give me your best, I'm going to give you my best today. And my best, thank God, I give you, Lord... Speak through me over these next several moments as we communicate this thought. But I want to read this to you. Book of Mark chapter 10, verse 46. The interesting backstory about this, by the way, is this is the last encounter before Jesus enters the triumphant entry, that, 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 that Palm Sunday experience that we sing and that we praise about. This is his last encounter as he is on his way preparing to head into 
his biggest moment, which ultimately would lead him to die on the cross, which would lead him to go through that entire experience for you and for me. And so as he is getting ready in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, he has this encounter. In the Bible, it says this in, 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 in verse 46. It says, now when they, when they came to Jericho, and as he went out from Jericho with his disciples, that was a pretty quick trip. As he left from Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And in verse 50 it says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. And the last verse that we'll read together this morning, then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith, your faith. I said your faith. I want to tell you this morning, your faith, your faith will be the key to a new day. Your faith will allow God to mark this day, this hour, this moment as a new day in your life. Your faith, Bartimaeus, has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. As I was thinking about this passage this morning, while I could have talked to you about Many different stories throughout the Bible, stories that could have focused particularly on the cross, stories that could have focused on his resurrection. I wanted to focus on a story, though, today that we could see ourselves involved in. Because in the same way that Bartimaeus encountered Jesus is the same way that we can encounter him today. And when we encounter him today in his love, in his compassion, in, 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 in who he is and what he's made available for our life, just like Bartimaeus had the mark of a new day, today we can have the mark of a new day. And so Bartimaeus, the Bible says that he was sitting on the side of the road. And Jesus was making his way by. And we find this man, and he's, and, and, and he's sitting there, and he's, and he's begging, and, and he's blind, and he's, 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 he's got the world against him. And as I was reading this passage, the Lord gave me a couple thoughts this morning, a couple things that I want to communicate to you. I want to share with you several things today that can mark the new day of your life, four things that Bartimaeus actually did that allowed his life to be made whole, that allowed his life to be marked as new. Because see, as we read the scripture, it says that he was Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. He was Bartimaeus, Bar meaning son, Timaeus, of his father. He was the son of Timaeus. But what we find in the scripture, or actually what we don't find in the scripture, is that his father's nowhere to be found. So he is the son of someone, but he belongs to no one. And there are some of us that we are sons and daughters of someone, but in our life we experience a dark place and we feel like we belong to no one. And we feel like we're all alone. And we feel like we're down and we feel like we're out and we feel like we're broken and we don't know where to turn or where to go. The interesting thing about the word Timaeus means highly prized. He was the son 
of someone who was highly prized. That phrase highly prized means to be very valuable. He was the son of someone very valuable. But why was his father not there? See, in those days, according to culture, if you were born with a defect in a family, they removed you out of the family household and they put you on the outskirts of the city. And you did not belong. And you were not a part of the family. You were not wanted. And so he was the son of someone very important. He was the son of someone highly prized. He was the son of someone very valuable. But yet Bartimaeus' life seemed anything but valuable. He was living his life begging, living his life on a hope that maybe I can get through this day. And dare I say, there's some of us that are here this morning on Easter Sunday morning that you're hoping just to get through this day. That you haven't seen the dawn of a new light. And your day has started new, but it still is very, very dark. Because see, blind Bartimaeus actually could not see. Every day was dark for him. And some of us were living our life spiritually blind. And some of us were living our life where our purpose is blind. And we can't see what is the next step for my life. I don't know what to do because I feel like I do not belong. But I'm here to tell you today that you do belong. It doesn't matter who's to the left or to the right. And I thank God for my family. And I thank God for the people that God's placed in my life. But at the end of the day, I've got nothing to prove and only God to please because I belong to him. And so for some of you, you got to start forgetting failure. Forget failure. You are not what someone has done to you. You are not what you did, and you are not what you have done. You are who God says that you are, and you are what God wants to do through your life. Because you matter in the eyes of Christ. He looks at you and sees you. And he says that you are not alone, but you can do all things through, my, through me who gives you strength. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror today in Christ Jesus. But I know it's hard. It's hard. Maybe you were coming out of a broken home growing up. Maybe you've come out of a broken marriage. Maybe you're going through a turbulent marriage and you feel all alone. You feel isolated. I want to tell you today that God can make all things new. I said things new. I didn't say all things perfect. Because some of us, we come hoping that God's going to make all things perfect. No, God's not going to make all things perfect. You heard the stories that were spoken earlier. When Jonathan talked about how he made a decision, I'm going to take ownership. And he encountered the Lord and he was water baptized. But it was still another year walking out his process. Why? Because we are a people constantly walking out process. We're not called to be perfect people. We're called to be purpose-driven people. And so even though Jesus doesn't make my life perfect, it doesn't mean I can't do my life with the one who is perfect and allow his perfect work to be accomplished in my life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 that you are his workmanship. You were created in him and by him and for him to do good works. God prepared good things for your life long ago. Before you even took your first breath into this earth, God already had a purpose and a plan for your life because he loved you. He loved you. He loves you as you are. Enough not to leave you the way that you are. He loves you in your brokenness. He loves you even in your mess-ups. He loves you even when you felt like that you've given up on everything. But guess what? He never gave up on you. 
And so you got to find inside yourself that I'm going to forget the failure. In other words, I'm not going to look at the past. The The book of Isaiah says this, don't consider former things. Don't even focus on former things. Behold, I'm about to do a new thing. Can you not see it? And here's Bartimaeus on the side of the road, and he heard that Jesus was coming by. And though he couldn't see in the natural, he said, I am done. I am done with this old life. I am done feeling like I don't belong. I am done not living the life that I know that I should live. And as Jesus was passing by, he cried out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I believe that there's some of us that are here today that are crying out. And maybe it's not from your actual, the voice out of your mouth. Maybe you're not making an audible voice, but your life is crying out for Jesus. Your life is crying out for something to change. Your life is crying out for something to be different. Can I tell you today that it's time that you begin to live your life with no fear. You say, what are you talking about? Bartimaeus, he said, I'm done with this. Something has to change, and I'm going to change my perspective and what I believe in my heart. I'm going to start being fearless. How was he fearless? The crowd said, Bartimaeus, shut your mouth. And he said, no, no, I'm not shutting my mouth. I'm going to cry louder, Jesus. They said, but be quiet. He said, no, I'm going to fight fearless. I'm going to cry out, and I'm going to declare, Jesus. I'm not going to allow the world to silence me. I'm not going to allow the politicians to silence me. I'm not going to allow social media to silence me. I'm not going to allow the critics to silence me. I'm not worried about what's going on with the crowd. I'm focusing on the cross. And he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And he began to allow this fight. Dare I say, some of us need to get our fight back. Some of us Christians need to get our fight back. Some of, our, some of us, we need to be bold and confident in the way that Jesus made for us that I'm more than a conqueror, that I'm the head and not the tail. Listen, every day, my wife and I, we pray for our children and we declare over their life that you are healthy, you are wealthy, you are wise, you are full of the Holy Spirit. You are a leader and not a follower. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're more than a conqueror. You're victorious and you will be prosperous and successful in everything you put your hand to. There is power in your words. There is power in your words. You want to see the mark of a new day? Change the narrative that's in your mouth. Which means you need to change the narrative that you're believing with your ears. And some of us, we're leaning our ears to the wrong places, into the wrong people, into the wrong things. You got to reevaluate your circle today and say, I'm going to lean my ear to godly things and to good things. I'm not going to lean myself to the lies of the world. Could you imagine that in a moment, if Jesus leaned his ears to what Peter was saying, Peter was saying, You can't go to the cross. He said, Get behind me, Satan. You don't understand. I've got a mission that's at hand right now. God's got a mission for your life right now. And the enemy is looking as to how he can derail your purpose and destiny. But let me tell you today, when you begin to declare a good thing, a new thing over your life, that today my family is whole, that today my health is whole, that today I am who God says that I am, that today everywhere that I go, the goodness of God and the love of God is going to be with me. I love what the psalmist David says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
I'm not settling for anything less. And Bartimaeus said, I'm not settling for anything less. And he said, Jesus, Jesus. He had to forget failure. He had to let go of his past. He had to let go of his hang-ups. He had to let go of his hurts. He had to let go of being the victim of the circumstance. He had to let go of the offenses. He had to let go of what was trying to control his future. And he had to begin to fight fearless. I love that 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says this. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is Paul. He's telling Timothy, today I pray for you and I'm telling you, you need to stir it up. Get your fight back today. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. I said God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. You can be fearless in Christ Jesus today. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear. But power in love in a sound mind today in the mighty name of Jesus, we will be a fearless church we will be a fearless people of God. But then watch this. Man, this, this blew me away as I was continuing reading on. Is Because we find out that as Jesus was passing by and the crowd was trying to silence Bartimaeus and he got louder. The scripture says this. And I love this right here. It says in verse 49. So Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. In other words, Jesus was on his mission preparing to head to the cross. He was preparing to go to Jerusalem. And out of a man's cry, Jesus stood still. What I want to tell you today is some of you think that God's too busy to pay attention to you. Some of you feel like God's given up on me. God's not done. If you're not dead, God's not done. And if you're in Christ and you're dead, then you're with him and you're still not done. God's not overlooked your prayers. God has not forsaken you. God has not left you. The psalmist David, he writes that it is the cry of our voice that causes him to now intercede and give us victory. He will uphold you with his powerful right hand. God hears your cries and he will stand still just to meet you, just to tend to you. You see, but I don't see God moving in my life. Just because you don't see God moving instantly doesn't mean he's not working constantly. Because he works all things together for your good. For your good, for our good. The whole mission to the cross was for your good. And so Jesus stands still. And he says, call that, call that man. Tell him to come to me. Tell that man to come to me. And Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. And the Bible says this. Verse 50. I want you to see this on the screen. Put this, put, make sure this is up here. And throwing aside his garment. And throwing aside his garment. He arose and came to Jesus. Now see, in those days, people that begged on the outskirts of the city, they'd wear these garments. And this garment right here, though we know it's a paint canvas and it's got all kinds of markings on it, and it's dirty, 
to those that were on the outskirt of the city when they were begging, this was their life. For in the warm of the day, it provided shade, and in the cool of the night, it provided warmth. When the elements would come, it would protect them from the elements. And when people would give alms or, 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 or benevolence, they would wear this large robe around them, and placed on it would be the different coins that they would give them. But also the problem with that is because blind Bartimaeus was blind and could not see, as quickly as he would be able to receive benevolence is as quickly as benevolence could have been stolen from him. So this garment was very important because he couldn't see when benevolence was thrown at him. His garment would catch it so he would have to hope to find it and to keep it close to him. His livelihood was this. This is what protected him. This is what fed him. This is what covered him. This is what his identity was found in. This is what was so familiar to his life that he could not let it go. Because if he let it go, he might not be able to live to see another day. And Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. And he hears that there's this man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth who is passing by. And he cries out. And Jesus stops dead in his tracks. And he says, who is that? Tell him to come to me. Jesus didn't go to him. Some of you are waiting for a new day because you want Jesus to come to you. He says, no, come to me, all who are thirsty. He says, come to me, all those who are heavy laden. Cast your cares on me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. He says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. My calling is my ability to come to him. And Bartimaeus is calling. And he's, and, and he's on the side of the road, and they, and they tell him. It's amazing, right? The people that said, be quiet, are now telling him, they're calling for you. Isn't it interesting? All of those that are against you, in the moment that you get acknowledged, the moment that someone uh, follows you on Instagram, that all of a sudden everybody's with you. It's amazing how the crowd shifts just a little bit. My faith is not in those that are around me. My faith is in him and him alone. Who I am is in Jesus. Who I am is not found in those next to me. Let me help somebody out. Stop trying to manage the image of yourself in someone else's mind. Some of you are hoping to prove your life in such a way that people will think differently about you. Forget those that are around you. Forget that haters are going to hate. It ain't about that. It's about knowing that in Christ Jesus, I can have a new day, a new start. And Bartimaeus is on the side of the road covered. He's covered with this garment. And he has to make a decision. I could sit here or I can get up. I can remain here blind. I can remain my life broken. I can live my life in debt. I can live my life sick. I can live my life in bondage. Or I can unfollow what has become familiar. I can unfollow what has become familiar. Some of you got to unfollow what's become so familiar in your life. Some of us has gotten so familiar with all the wrong things and all the wrong places and all the wrong people that you think your identity is found in who you're wrapped around with and what you're wrapped in. 
I saw this meme yesterday, it cracked me up, and it said, how girls know that their boyfriends are broke and they need to get a new boyfriend, and it showed a series of photos. And the photos was a girl at, 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 the, at the checkout counter, at the cash register, and at the ATM. And they had their boyfriend hovered over them like this. Those that know, know. Some of y'all have allowed yourself to get so familiar with so many things that it's just hovering over you and it's holding you down. It's holding you down. It's keeping you covered. And God's saying it's time to uncover the old thing. Forget the former thing. If you want a new thing, you're going to have to unfollow what's familiar. And Bartimaeus, he said, I'm taking this thing off. I'm letting it go. I'm taking off this garment. Some of you got to take off the garment of brokenness today. Some of you got to take off the garment of addiction today. Some of you need to take off the garment of depression today. Some of you need to take off the garment of heaviness today. Because when you take off the garment of heaviness, it's time that you can put on a garment of praise. Because God wants you to praise him for what he's done, what he's going to continue to do. Because he is a good God and he loves you today. The interesting thing about the garment is this, is in the account that we were reading, when Mary and the other Mary, they got to the tomb, and the angel said, guess what? Jesus isn't here. He's risen. So they went and got Peter and John. And so John writes in chapter 20, that Peter and John, they ran to the tomb, and, and I love it because the Bible says that Peter and the disciple that Jesus loved, John was the writer of that book, and John was the other disciple that was running with Peter. I find that humorous to me. And so the other disciple that Jesus loved made it to the tomb first. And when they peeked into the tomb, you know what they saw? You know what they saw in the tomb? You know how we always say, the tomb is empty. The tomb was empty. I want to tell you, the tomb wasn't completely empty. It was empty of Jesus. But you know what was still in the tomb? What was still in the tomb was some cloths, was some garments that they wrapped his body in. And as Jesus' body was wrapped in these garments, and there came the moment when the Holy Spirit came and gave life back into Jesus, and Jesus rose from the grave. He said, hold on a second. I can't take garments that are wrapped in death. I can't take garments that are wrapped in sin with me. I'm going to leave that. That can stay in the tomb. The interesting thing is this. When you read through this passage, man, this is fascinating. It says that there is the linens that wrapped his body was on one side. And the handkerchief that wrapped his face was folded and it was placed in another part of the tomb. Now, in culture, in some settings, if you're ever invited to a dinner party and you show up to that dinner party and the person who's hosting the party put together all this amazing food, like a three-course meal, four-course meal. Some of you are thinking about your Easter meal this afternoon. I promise you, we're not going to be much longer this morning. My wife made a vanilla lavender cake.
kid you not, last night, I wanted to like just, everyone, the house was quiet. Just a little finger lick out of that thing, man. Listen, if my daughter can climb on counters, she's got to figure out how to make her way into the refrigerator so it was her. was not me. <laughs> but you show up to a dinner party, and in some cultures, when you get there, and they serve the food, if you don't like the food, you don't tell the host, ew, this was gross. Now, some of you might do that. But what they would do in culture is they would take their dinner napkin and they would neatly fold it. And they would place it right on their plate as a form of etiquette. Simply saying, if you ever serve this to me again, I will not come back. I don't ever want this again. This is not meant for me. This does not fit my palate. I don't like the taste of this. It is gross. Never again. The Bible says as this handkerchief was folded, I could only imagine Jesus saying, I tasted death. This is not for me. I'm going to fold this up. I'm going to leave it here. He tasted death for you but he left it there. So why are you still carrying around napkins filled with death in your life? The price was already paid. He left it in the tomb. So why are you going back to the tomb looking for the things that are dead? You need to take it off. You need to unfollow the familiar. You need to say, this isn't for me. I'm not tasting this anymore. I'm not tasting this anymore. It's the mark of a new day. I'm ready to taste life today. I'm ready to taste a new day today. I'm ready to taste purpose and destiny today. I'm ready to taste the good things of God today. I'm ready to step in to all that God has for me today. I want to close with this thought this morning. That Jesus paid the ultimate price. For you and for me, he died on the cross. We sang about that, the blood that was shed. The blood that never loses its power. The blood that never loses its value. It is the one currency that never gets devalued. You know, you could take currency, American, U.S. dollars, and go to other parts of the world and it not uphold it the same value that we get here and other currencies from other nations and bring it here and it not have the same value. I'm here to tell you that the blood, it does never depreciate in value. The blood, it's so valuable that it, you can't even put a price on it. And Jesus, that day, calls for Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus encounters Jesus. And watch what the scripture says in the last verse. I'm going to read it to you this morning. I got so excited I closed my iPad. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The opening passage said that Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Some of you have been calling out, Jesus, have mercy on me. I can't do it anymore. I can't take another step. I can't go any further. Have mercy on me. But the work on the cross 
And the Christ that raised up out of the grave wasn't for mercy, it was for grace. I'm here to tell you that Bartimaeus was asking for mercy, but that day Jesus said, I'm going to give you grace. It's by faith we've been saved through grace. It's my ability to believe and trust and know that Jesus is a risen king. That all power, all authority, it's in his hand. That in Jesus, I can have the grace of God that allows me to keep going. That I can get up and start a new day. That my life matters. That my best days are the ones that are in front of me. I want to tell you that your best days in Christ Jesus are the ones that are in front of you. Stop looking at what's behind you. Start focusing on what's in front of you. And that day, the Bible said, go your way. Go your way. Go your way. And as he received his sight, the Bible said, though, that he followed Jesus. Let me tell you, an encounter with Jesus, and one moment with Jesus, your way is his way. Jesus told him, go your way, but he followed Jesus. He said, I tasted something that was good. I tasted something that I've never experienced before. How could I go another way? There is only one way. There is only one way. There is only one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And I don't know what you've heard, and I don't know what's been spoken to, but there are no other ways to God except through Jesus. There is not many different ways that you can get to God. Lest God be absolutely cruel to send his son to this earth to die on a cross, so there be other ways? No, there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Bartimaeus called for mercy, but Jesus gave him grace. I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus forgets our failures so that we can find freedom. Jesus fights fearless. Because you're worth his forgiveness. Jesus unfollowed the familiar. Meaning he took off those grave clothes. He unfollowed. He said, I'm not about that. I'm not taking that. I'm unfollowing the familiar so that you could have a future. Jesus' faithfulness is what conquered death, hell, in the grave. But your faith in him will be the mark of a new day. What do you believe today? What will you believe today? Because the mark of a new day, it starts with you. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.